land, labor, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. The knowledge is the big one. I think it is. I think it's the biggest, you know. I mean, I think is it just takes so so many skills to really be able to super successfully produce a crop, you know. Like you have to have the mechanic to keep the machines going. You have to have the, the agronomist that's grown the crop, you know. I mean, it's just uh, one thing leads to another. And for the industry to be able to move successfully, you have to have guys with each of these skill sets or guys with multiple skill sets. Here we go, episode six. And uh, if you haven't been listening to us, um, we're just talking about agriculture topics and uh, just random uh, thoughts too. Just yeah. interesting thoughts. But today we're going to be talking about uh, farm labor uh, and the lack thereof in the rural communities and just uh, other topics similar to that. Yeah, I think uh, I don't... I was talking to a buddy about this probably two months ago now. Uh, we were talking about how there is a very large migration towards cities. And he was arguing with me saying, no, I feel like since COVID, everyone's moved out back to the country, which is true. A bunch of people did move back out to the country uh, in 2020 and 2021. They all were like, ah, I want to get away from the city. I want to start my own farm homestead, all this different thing. And so a bunch of people did go and do that. Um, with that said, I still think there's a larger population shift towards the city and it's not at least from what i've seen in all the statistics and in all of my travels it's not stopping anytime soon no the, the small towns who are surviving right now are the ones who are turning into cities that's right it, it looks like to me you, you just look at our small town here and every year it seems we we lose some families to you know nashville or uh owensboro or bowling green you know one of the uh, regional cities around us mm-hmm. so um, and it's not slowing down. It doesn't seem like they go to those. Uh, I mean, there's great jobs on the edge of those cities like Amazon, Facebook, uh, you know, Samsung. Mm-hmm. And they're going to these places. And uh, and you can't blame them. I mean, there isn't a lot of opportunity here, um, you know. And so they go to those regional cities and um, they live inside of them and then maybe work right outside of them or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's posing a crisis for rural communities, but also farm operations, right? It for sure. I mean, it's difficult for us to find labor. Um, it's and you know, I mean, it it's not a um, you know, the type of farming we're in personally is row crop farming, so is there a lot of mechanical stuff that has to be done and like manual labor? Yes. But I mean, it is not like, uh, we're out there picking vegetable crops either. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of times if we're working on something, we're in a covered building, you know, where the sun's not shining directly on us. Sometimes we're hot or Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're hot during the summer, but I mean, I don't feel like it's a job that is like, I've cut tobacco in my life and, you know, top tobacco. It's nothing like that. Uh, so, it's jobs that are, yes, they're hard, but they're not, you know, they're not like undoable jobs. So even with, uh, you know, the type of farming we're in, it's difficult to, f- to find somebody that can even stand to be uncomfortable for even a small amount of time. So people love comfort and 
farming is not comfortable a lot of times. So uh, it's challenging and it's hard and it's tedious and hot. And so it's not desirable, I guess, uh, the, the way people look at it now. that People love comfort and it's not comfortable. So I don't feel like it's the most challenging thing I personally have ever done, but, you know. You also grew up farming, so the hardest thing you've ever done is probably <laughs> a little harder than most people who have never farmed before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, farming is a challenging uh, occupation, but I'm just saying there is a lot more challenging things out there, mm-hmm. and it's still difficult to find somebody to do the jobs we do each and every day. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's not getting easier. I think uh, I was saying before we had all these podcast recording troubles, like we've got... You know, it's like 50% of farmers in the U.S. are above 55 and are supposed to retire in the next decade or two or will die trying. That's staggering to me. Yeah, like 50% of the U.S.'s farm population is set to age out. That's that's a lot of people and a lot of people growing your food who are moving out of the industry and not all of them have people taking over for them you know and that's a, there's a lot of knowledge that passes down there too you know like n- not only with the actual farmer the farm hands and farm laborers that are on that farm have a lot of knowledge in growing crops i mean a lot of those guys may not know the exact way the business works on the business side with the finance and stuff but you can't tell me that those guys don't know how to go out there and grow that crop. Mm-hmm. And that knowledge is not easily uh, found. Yeah. That's a, you know, we need people learning this occupation. We need the farm laborers. We need the, uh, you know, every, the operators, the mechanics. The, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So mm-hmm. many skills, so many craftsman skills that go into it, you know, and... Without people learning it, it's just, it's, you know, there's already a small amount of people doing it right now. It's mind-blowing to me to think that uh, in less than 10 years that we'll lose that many of uh, just a few people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people who have never written anything down or have, it's always been in their head and their dad just told them how to do it, you know. 50 years ago it's like hey this is how you do this thing oh, hey by the way this is where our field ends and the next guy starts like what happens when all those guys are like wait who where, where's the field boundary end you know or, or like parts you know parts of you know tractors or things like that that got hidden somewhere along you know and there's that's already a problem i mean the farm i worked on is just you're just finding stuff all over the place and like, oh yeah, dad left that there 50 years ago and we just haven't picked it up since. It's like probably with a purpose and there's never went anywhere. You know, there's so much stuff out there that there's no record of whatsoever because farming is very busy. If you're in the middle of a field, something happens or you find something you're like, oh, blah, 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 this. Like there's just no records of things like that. Like it's not like you can just stick a guy down in a class and say, hey, here's here's how you work on this farm. Here's how you know everything. It's like, you know, you, don't, you can't teach that in a class. No. And we were just talking about, like, on the last podcast, like, dryland farming uh, in that western area, you know, where they're receiving 20 inches of rainfall. Those guys have a process, you know, where they're able to grow a crop with very, uh, in desert-like conditions. Um, You just can't, you know, like, me being from the Midwest, I couldn't go out there and successfully grow a crop. And I don't think a lot of people realize this, like... I could, you know, like, I could, could I eventually? Yes. But am I going to go out there the first year and, and be as successful as, uh, 
you know, as some of these guys that have been doing it for the last 50 and their dad was doing it before that and their granddad was before that, they all have processes, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're right, if that stuff's not recorded or written down or taught, um, it's very difficult for somebody to fall right into that and produce the amount of grain that that farm was producing. I think a lot of people forget that. It is like, um, will the market eventually move to that level of supply? Yeah, but it's going to take a little time because... Uh, you know each farm has a process and a way it was the the reason they're still surviving is because they had a process that was successful you know Mm -hmm. and it takes time for others to fill that void of that farm once it's retired or it's sold or whatever Mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. so yeah and you know the people who do know typically are this is, a, this is an issue I see talked about all the time online, and it's kind of annoying to see so often, but there's so many, like, the amount of kids who want to come back to the farm these days is super low. You know, there's not a lot of kids who are like, yeah, I want to come back and run the farm that my, that's been in my family, you know. So we're seeing, we're seeing an era where, you know, we've got 100-year-old farms that are being broken up into different parcels and given to the different kids and getting sold off, and maybe some of them keep it or maybe some of them just rent it out, but we see land across the board get shifting hands a lot and moving to either larger landowners or just you know part-time farmers or it mostly people wanting to sell it because it's a good time to be in farmland right now yeah and, and you know you get a lot of urbanization now too you know i saw where I, I don't know how it's amazing to me like i think it was like it was a lot of land transition in every hour in America to uh, houses and, uh, you know, industrial type, uh, you know, plots out of agriculture. So we're losing a lot of land to urbanization mm-hmm. and urban spread and um, industrial and commercial, you know, industry. And then we're also going to be losing knowledge. So. And we still have to produce more food, mm-hmm. you know, as the population grows. So, so it's going to be a challenge. So already we're 10 minutes in. We've got labor crisis. We've got a land crisis. Um, what else do we have? We have a land crisis. What was the other one? Labor crisis, land crisis. Um, knowledge crisis. Knowledge crisis. Yeah, that yeah. was the one. Yeah. Land, labor, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. The knowledge is the big one. I it's think like, it is. I think it's the biggest, you know. I mean, I think is. uh you know, as people, like, it just takes so so many skills to be able to super successfully produce a crop, you know. Like, you have to have the mechanic to keep the machines going. You have to have the, the agronomist that's grown the crop, you know. I mean, it's just uh, one thing leads to another. And for the industry to be able to move successfully, you have to have guys with each of these skill sets or guys with multiple skill sets, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, already a challenge now. Um, and, you know, as people continue to move away from the rural areas and, uh, away from those type of jobs, it's even going to be more of a challenge, mm-hmm. just like, uh, the construction industry facing, you know, like the craft, the amount of craftsmen is just waning, you know, mm-hmm. and the amount of people wanting to do those jobs is waning as well. So, yeah. And those are the people who do know how to do it these days are super hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, they're super hard to come by. And if they, if they know anything, they probably know how to make money off of it too. I mean, in a, in an age where it's hard to be a good mechanic and with how fancy things are, it's like, 
paying a mechanic to do things these days is expensive or it takes a year for anything to get done because they're working on so many different Yeah, projects. they're just swamped. They're yeah. totally covered up. You know, and I think that's the way it is with any skilled trade right now is because as those, uh, there's less and less skilled craftsmen, but there's more and more need for skilled craftsmen, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and then as the supply wanes, you know, and everybody loads the skilled craftsmen up with everything, you know, everybody's in need of one. So, yeah, I mean, they just suffer burnout, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very, how is this here? It's going to be a very interesting, uh, dynamic that's going to play out in the next few years because people, you know, I know quite a few guys who run excavation companies, construction companies, and you know who they all want to work for them? Farm kids, because farm kids are the ones who grew up knowing how to do a billion different things. And you can just say, go do this. And they're not going to call you. They're just going to figure it out. And if something goes wrong, they're still going to figure it out. Yeah. We don't, you know, the kids who need to be on the farm are getting way higher job offers. Right. You know, you can make, you can make more money in pretty much any other industry other than agriculture these days, especially if you know how to do things, you know, someone, some farm kids are a great transition to foreman in an excavation company because they're going to show that like, oh, you know how to operate equipment. You think with your head, just figure all these skills and boom, you know, the, the, this critical thinker who grew up in the farm now knows how to do all the excavation things and is making a hundred thousand dollars a year as a foreman in their twenties being, and why? Just because they know what they're doing. Right. So that knowledge is leaving the farm to go somewhere else. So even then though, excavation and construction on that super huge shortage there people are still having more people. We're having more people all the time, born every day. So we have a growing population, a shortage in construction, electricians, plumbers, and farmers. Carpenters. Carpenters. Oh man, yeah. Framing a house is an yeah. art. Have you seen have you seen those videos on Instagram where like someone frames a house and they like blow over? <laughs> yeah, there's an art to all these things. Yeah. You don't just put a house up. No. Well, you can. You can. I, that I, could, mean- I, I could put up a house. Could I put up a house that's as strong as a professional carpenter? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Those, the you know, the true master craftsmen out there, there's just not a lot of them left. And this is a thing. Like, if they don't have understudies, if they don't have either sons or people that are like sons to them that have uh, that are learning under their tutelage, that knowledge is lost when they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and all these, uh, you know, like farming is not. You know, not only do we have to have plant knowledge, we have to have all those skilled trade knowledge too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as as these men get older, they they need people to follow them up and uh, learn their skill set that their dads and granddads and bosses taught them. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a young kid out there listening and like, what am I going to do with my life? Hey, go be a skilled craftsman. You're going to make a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna. Is it gonna be easy? No, but is are is it gonna be fulfilling? And are you gonna be successful? Very. Yeah. You know. And if you don't want to make a bunch of money, come work on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All that aside, I think we are. You know, that's the other thing. I think farm kids don't want to work on the farm anymore, probably because they've worked for a very. Neil, you might be able to attest to this, and I could be wrong. I know a lot of old farmers. They're kind of cranky. They are. They're and they're not cranky. always very fun to work with every day. And if you do things differently, they might not like how you do things differently. So yes, there's a lot of knowledge, but we have we have a we have a twofold of like 
yeah, you know, kids could go work, make a bunch of money. On the sec, on the other hand, there's a bunch of old people who are really horrible teachers who just do not know how to explain things. You know, I know there's good ones out there, but I I know a lot of crotchety old farmers who just don't enjoy explaining things. So not only do we have a younger generation who does want to work, they just, you know, I think there are a lot of young people who don't want to work. They want to be treated well and they want to make sure that their time is compensated well. Yeah. I always see people complain online. No one wants to work. No one wants to work. It's like, I know young people who want to work. I just don't know a lot of young people who want to spend the next 20 years of their life being told how they're messing up all the time. Right. You know, that, that wears on people a lot. It does. Especially on a, a more emotionally in tune generation, you know, the younger people are more in tune with their emotions. They're not as hard and grizzled as someone who might have seen a war has in their life. Sure, you know, like you know those those you know the men of uh, of my, like my dad's era, the boomers, and the ones that were post maybe you even call me like that, you know, the Gen X or whatever. You know, I mean, they're hard men, and they do uh, are very you know, they're grouchy a lot of times and they, there's not a lot of tolerance. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just uncomfortable to be around them, you know? So yeah, you're right. And, you know, I think those guys think, uh, when they're looking at young labor, um, they're thinking you have no skill set, so you deserve, uh, minimal compensation for your time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of of those men that are willing to pay once the skill set's there. Mm-hmm. But it's that transition between when you start with n- what they see as no skill set. Even if you feel like you have a skill set, they feel like you have no skill set because you don't know how to, uh, you know, wire electrical box or you, you, you don't know how to, you know, d- you know. You name it, X or whatever. They feel like your value isn't there yet because you haven't learned that trade skill set. Mm-hmm. Once the trade skill set is there, like welding or you know, you know, plumbing or carpentry or you know, I think they feel like then you should be compensated well. Mm-hmm. But it's getting to that point of ha- having your skill set developed enough where they see you as an asset and mm-hmm. not more of a lot, just a warm body or a liability that's sitting there in front of them. Yeah. I think there's also, I, th- I think a lot of guys think that a lot of guys don't say that because in a normal job, normal job, you would be hired for a company and say in five years, you could be here or in 10 years, you could have this position. You know, if you stick around, like, you know, you get these benefits or, you know, every year you might get right. this raise yeah. or every, you know, you get quarterly bonuses. If you yeah. perform well in the farm world, it's not going to be like that. Do you have two hands? Do you have a CDL? Have you ever driven a tractor before? All right, you're hired. Yeah. You know, it, it's as simple as that. And it's not like, are you going to be around, you know, in five years, you could be doing this. In 10 years, you could be doing this. Right. It's like, no, like, just get to work. We have so much to do all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're going to be thrown into the fire on the farm, you know, instantly. And, uh, you know, and it's it's one of them things where you're not doing the same thing every day. You know, every day is a little different. You're going to be learning a different skill set each and every day. And a lot of times you're learning as you go. And that's even for my dad and I, or any other farmer out there too, a lot of times you have a new 
piece of equipment or a new process that you've never done before and you're trying to work your way through it so not only is the uh, apprentice farmer farmhand learning <laughs> the actual owner is learning as well or the boss you know yeah as we speak neil's dad who is the most knowledgeable person on the operation is currently running a brand new combine and struggling yeah you know he, he doesn't have it all figured out yet you know like that, that and, that, and that's for everyone you know logan could hop in that sure. combine and he could press every button and figure it out in an hour you know like that's the other thing too is we forget it's like okay these kids who these farm kids who might not want to be on the farm or these young people who don't want to work might actually be really really good at what they do and they could you know especially with all this technology and stuff you know i worked for a john deere dealer for a whole four days one time in my interview they're like you should take a typing class because you're spending a lot of time on the computer typing up reports <laughs> you know, looking up codes, doing all these things, because it is so tech heavy now with all these things, you know, new guys do have a hard time hopping in some of these newer machines or the old guys have a hard time hopping yeah, in the machines do. and running them and pressing all the buttons. But kid's been using an iPhone for 10 years. Yeah. He's going to hop in. He's going to be like, Oh, this John Deere screen's outdated, but I'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> you know, I'll watch my kids do it. You know, my son is uh, seven, you know, and jump up there and already, you know, find the yield on the, on the computer screen you know dad's like where's the yield (laughs) would you mind setting uh the rest of the settings for me while you're at it (laughs) daniel seven knows how to operate iphones ipads you know john deere 4640 monitors yeah you know i mean they are the uh the young generation is so much more in tune with technology than even you know me or they're uh, also quicker to adopt they're sure they'll see a new thing and say you know i know guy they're all about efficiency too. You know, more than ever, we're about efficiency and farming. I mean, the next generation understands like the more efficient I can be and the less time I have to spend doing more things, they understand that time, that time and opportunity costs. They don't, they don't, they don't view their time as just free either. They're very much like every second that I'm stuck doing this repetitive task that I could automate. They're like, that could be time I could yeah. be spending with my friends or spending time with family or doing something fun for once other than work. You know, there's that mindset shift is like if i'm gonna work i'm gonna try to do it as fast as possible whether you know, that's laziness or not there there is that aspect of right like, let's get the job done so we can go home you know and that's something that's so much different than like my generation and my dad's generation because it's always it was always looked at and i think even still now with these generations is like a badge of honor the more hours you're out there the better worker you are Oh yeah. yeah, and it's it's the how late you worked last night? How long were you? Yeah, how long were you combining last night? I was like, oh, we worked until ten until the beans got tough. I was like, ah, oh, well, we were able to go to about eleven, and it just goes back and forth. It's like, well, the night before, I went till midnight, and it, it's just the constant one up. It's like, why oh, yeah. are we bragging about working you know, way too many hours? You know, all the neighbors uh, that farm next to each other don't want to be the first ones to shut their lights off on their machines. Yep. You know, they're trying to outweigh the other guy over there and uh-huh. trying to out tough him or whatever. Yeah. So, and there's nothing wrong with not wanting to work all the time. I think that's the other thing. American culture is so work heavy is like your identity is in what you do, where if you stop working as much, you know, it's like, Hey, but I think the next generation is very much like whether, you know, there's, there's good, there's pros and cons to both of like, you should want to work hard. You should want to do your job well, but you shouldn't let your work just be the only thing you do all the time. You know, we, I struggle with that. I'm sure you struggle with that younger kids are going to struggle way more with the I have to work to live style thing yeah but I also want to be able to like have a life and things you know you, you know I this is uh, something that you know like I can talk about and know know quite a bit about personally like I was uh 
you know, come out at uh, very early in my career and work myself to, uh, to burn out, you know, when I got the probably in my mid thirties, you know, I'm 45 now, but when I got into my mid thirties, I had like basically taken my whole childhood and my young adult life and spent it at the farm and got to the point where I was just depressed from like, because I never left. And then I, I had a young family, you know, and they never saw me and I never saw them. And, and I had a wife, uh, that, you know, I'd got to the point, I was just at my wits end and I hadn't taken a step back and looked and, uh, even tried to adjust my family's life to the farm. I just made them adjust to the way of the farm, you know, Mm -hmm. and it got me to the point of like a broken person, you know, and I had to relearn how to take and uh, make time valuable, uh, and not just to be there, you know, to also do other things that are important, like take care of your wife and, uh, you know, take care of yourself and your family and making sure that you do have time to, uh, to enjoy the fine things of life. Because at the end of the day, it, you know, does, does the farm have to be 100% weed free all the time? You know, I mean, it's nice, but you know, I've learned that I, I don't have to be there every waking hour of every waking day to, to run a successful business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a big step. And I think that's probably another reason a lot of people, like a lot of kids don't want to come back to the farm. It's like they grew up under guys who's like, you work every single day. Well, yeah, obviously your kids aren't going to want to come back and spend time with their dad who worked their entire childhood away. Like there's, there's real like emotional consequences sure, there is. to like, you know, you may, you may, and I, I'm learning this more as I'm starting, you know, I work all the time. I'm on the road 24 seven. I, I, I'm in that stage where I'm just working all the time and I only get to see my wife like four days out of the week. Maybe yeah. if I'm lucky, like that's not healthy. And there is understanding that where there's gain, you know, maybe in running the operation better, making more money, doing all these things, your farm current is like, there is a cost to that there, you don't, there's consequences. In yeah. It. Any, anyone who tells you that you can start, I saw no, I was listening to a podcast. Anyone who runs a successful business and tells you work-life balance is really important typically forgets to tell you that for the first two to five years of their career, they worked like a dog to get there. Sure. You know, yeah. you, and, and, and I think that's just a fact of life. Yeah. You have, if you want to succeed in life, you will have to work really hard. There's, there's sacrifice, and there's even sacrifice in your ladder. You know, like maybe I'm in my mid-career, but still massive amounts. Of, like I rarely do, like... I spend time with my family, but like my passions, which are like archaeology and hunting, you know, I, I don't do, yeah. you know, if I do, it's one time or two times a year when I leave town mm-hmm. to specifically do those things because I'm not going to get, like, if I'm here, I'm hooked up into the business. Yeah. When like, there's, there's also that shift in the next generation of your generation probably thinks, well, I'll just do that when I retire. And then this generation thinks I'm not waiting until I'm old and broken to do that. It's like, I want to have fun while I'm young and yep. it's still enjoyable. You know, I can settle down later. So there's that shift of like, there are people, you know, I'm a, I'm the same way. I'm like, I just want to get it all out of the way. You know, I, I'll have fun when I'm older. I'll just work my butt off now at the opportunity cost. If I'm missing a lot of things that are going to be a lot harder to do when I get older now, you know, like there is that shift and that 
it, it's almost backwards. It's almost crazy how different past 50 years have been to looking forward to the next 50. But I actually would probably say it's mostly them feeding each other. You know, I'd say the older generation who said, I'll do it later. The kids looked at that and said, I can't live my life like yeah. that. Like, why would I want to live my life working myself to the bone for not making any money either? You know, it's like, yeah, a lot of guys did see their dad work themselves to death and probably died working on the farm and the farm was more or less the same as when they started. Yeah. You know, you know, I think my kids would, if, if they were to come in here right now, they would sit here and tell you that, look, my dad, all he does is work. You know, I mean, they tell me that all the time, but I, I do spend time with them and I, I do make cut time each day for those kids, but they still look at it and say, all he does is work. And, um, you know, so there's a sacrifice with, uh, with any of these things, you know, not only with farming, with any, uh, job that you're in, you know, and you can only devote so much time with, to it, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, there's other things more important, uh, than, than that time that you spent, you know, doing whatever task you were doing that day. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for us to, in the moment to, uh, to know how to balance it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's super hard. And I think, uh, the fact that you acknowledge that you even make time, I mean, I know guys who, from the time they leave the house in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, they're out working and their kids might get lucky to see them in the combine cab every once in a while. Yeah. It's not one of those things like even setting aside the time in the first place is way bigger than I think most people realize and it doesn't really take that much. But anyways, back onto our main topic because we, we, you know, we got a little, um, there's a farm labor crisis. There's not a lot of people joining the farm work environment. There's not a lot of good avenues for people to join the farm work environment either. It's usually, oh, you know a guy who works on a farm. I mean, that's probably how you've gotten most of your employees. Like, you just know someone. It is. You know, most of those guys grew up with me or or my dad. Yeah. You know. But they're they're not going to be around forever. There will be a time where no, they I'm, age out and the every, farm. <laughs> you know, we have Logan that's young and, and Christ is the, uh, you know, he's a high school kid that and that uh, mows for us, and he's, he does farm labor too. When he's, he's going to be very excited that he got shouted out, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he's, uh, you know, when he's not at school or whatever. But we've really only got two young guys. Everybody else is as old as I am or older, mm-hmm. you know. And you got two, uh, Dad and Homer, that are on the very tail end of their careers. They're just, you know, they both uh, love farming dearly and are still out there every day uh, or almost every day, but. You know, I mean, they're only they, working four hours a day. Yeah, they they don't they do what they want to do, and then they're done for the day. Mm-hmm. So, but they still have that like that knowledge pool is still there for us if we need them. You know, we can call them up and say, "Hey, you know, we're having this problem. You ever encountered this?" Nine times out of ten, they have. Mm-hmm. They can offer you some pretty good advice. Yeah. So now we're now we're moving into the age of how how the heck are we going to figure out how to transfer all this knowledge to the next generation, and how the heck are we going to get because that's something I think about a lot. I when I first came in to this starting my business, the main goal was to hopefully, you know, bridge the gap and help people understand ag more. And that's still a big part of it. But also another part of it is trying to figure out how the heck are we going to get more people working? Because all these you know agriculture companies are touting automation as the answer. It's like, oh, we'll just automate that or we'll automate that. And yeah, that's going to help. But at the end of the day, there are always going to be things that people need their hands to do. Like I think of. I, I think of the amount of time I've spent in my life, and it's not that much compared to a lot of older guys. For most people my age, I've spent a lot more time fixing or building fence, barbed wire fence than most people do. You can't automate fixing 
a hundred year old rusty fence. Like you just can't do that. And so there's always going to need to be people in this industry coming in to replace the lower guys. And now we just at the point where it's like, we got to figure out how the heck, how the heck we're actually going to do it. Yeah. I mean, there, at some level, there's some things that can be automated and there's just some things that cannot, you know, and, and the thing about farming, and I know there is going to be, you know, large amounts of the farming sectors that are automated, but I mean, those machines still break. And there's also still, like, there's a tree that falls into the field, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, until a machine comes that can remove that uh, tree from the field and pick up every stick that it dropped out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be need for human labor out there. And, you know, there will be other problems uh, arise in the, uh, in, in any season uh, that there has to be a human out there to um, take care of. So the the need for labor... Um, and knowledge on the farm is not going to get any smaller over the next, you know, generation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do this mostly for Instagram clickbait. So people watch this AI is coming for your job. If you still want a job in the next 20 years, that's not going to be replaced by AI. You should go work on a farm or a ranch. If you want a job that you don't need to feel threatened to have your job replaced by a computer, Start working with your hands. Learn how to learn how to do tasks that are that are far too either minute for someone to build a machine and do it, like fixing a fence every once in a while, or far too complex for a machine to make the decisions doing. And farming is a wonderful mix of both of those. It there, is. there is I can't think of any other job on the planet where you have to think and problem solve on such a daily basis as much as farming. Like the amount of things. And every, every farmer I talk to has the same opinion or ha- say so like they love what they do because it's different every day. There's never a day they show up on the farm and something is the exact same as it, it was last year. You know, you've got trends and things like harvest season. You, and most of it's pretty sure. Different. But yesterday you had a Draper belt rip off your brand new John Deere combine and you had to spend all day waiting for parts. It's always something. I mean, it is. It's something different every day and there will be a different challenge each and every day on, on any farmer or ranch you're working on. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's different problems that arise each and every day. You'll be doing a different task each and every day, and it it will require a different skill set each and every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why it also, I mean, it's valuable to have, uh, you know, like if you have three or four different guys out there on on the farm, each guy is going to be talented a little bit differently. You know, we each have different skill sets, even if we all know, uh, you know, broadly similar skill sets each of us are a little bit better at each thing you know so when you have three or four different people that are skilled in you know multiple different skills um there will be a task probably each day that one of those individuals excels in Mm -hmm. you know and it's interesting to watch it and you're right i mean like if you're looking for a job that will challenge you and you won't have to worry about a robot taking get on the farmer ranch uh-huh. uh, that robot is not doing it all those tasks so and yeah. you know i mean are they going to eliminate some of our tedious tasks yes but are they going to limit and every we, and you ask most people it's not everyone i enjoy a tedious task every once in a while just to fill my time but i i i for one think super tedious repetitive tasks or think like I'm a very much a problem solver. I like moving on to the next thing, getting things done, yeah. getting things done. So I have to do something for hours at a time. That's just like, oh, this feels like a waste. Why am I like, especially those ones? It's like, 
either a high school kid needs to be doing this. And it like, once again, I'll do it if it needs to get done because that's the attitude I want to have towards it. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, at the end of the day, if it needs to get done, I'll do it. But my time would be better spent doing something right. else. You and know, I think this is a, this is a big thing for farmers right here. You know, like the guy that, uh, you know, he is, he has a family and he has a humongous successful farm. He probably shouldn't be doing the, the most minutiae. He should, to, you know, he should prioritize his skill set to the to the most important task. Mm-hmm. You know, and that way, his time that he needs to go spend time with his wife to make sure that she's seen him that week. Uh, you know, he can use that time for that. He can allot his time, mm-hmm. uh, and we should all learn that more. I mean, I should take that. And, and yeah, but you know, first of all preface that i don't want people to think like oh you're on your high horse like having the willingness to do the job when it needs to get done but understanding the importance of it like christ is great because he can come mow the lawn once a week right like it's great that he can get paid to do that and in high school that's something that's a good way to make money and is a good use of his time it's way better for him to mow the lawn than for your dad or you to be mowing the lawn. Sure. You know, and that that's a great example, you know, like... Which one, for those of you who don't know, they have a lot of grass. It takes a long time to mow. It's not like a quick little, like, patch of grass. No. It's like, a, hey, this takes several hours yeah, to you're mow. Yeah, you're going to be, uh, you know, like Christ during the summer, you know, and it's not just one property. It's several, multiple properties, so... You've got a lot of grass to mow. It's a full-time job during the summer, you know, and Christ tries to cram it into his week, you know, and does a great job at it. Um, and, you know, I mean, for him, it is a great job, you know. It uh, allows him to, he can, you know, schedule his time that he has available and make money for his pickup or whatever he chooses, yeah. you know. But then in five years, he might go to trade school or he might go to college and he'll be like, I'm actually, I do this now and I might be better at doing this. And you'll be like, well, yeah, it'd be way better worth your time. We'll find another high schooler who can come on the sure. ground. Or your kids will be old enough. So like, all right. Oh, you work. know, Daniel, my son's already looking at, he already looks up to Christ. Like, I can't wait till I get big enough like Christ that I can mow the yard. <laughs> you know, I mean, the kids look up to those, they look up to, you know, they're not quite peers, but they, they see them almost as peers, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think each, uh, you know, those kids that like Christ that, uh, come out and work on the farm, you know, they, you know, is Christ going to wind up on the farm? You know, probably not. He's super intelligent, super hard worker is going to wind up in a great business or starting his own business somewhere at some point. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of people that come through there like that. And that's, you know, that's what the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what the minimum wage worker is for. He's just starting his skill set. That's the very entry level skill set position. And you just work up from there. Mm-hmm. As you build your skill set, you, uh, you know, you can't get paid minimum wage anymore because you'll go to a another business that is willing to pay you more for your skill set. Yeah. So, all right, well, we should probably start wrapping up soon. Yeah, going off that minimum wage thing is like, yeah, if, if you're a farmer or rancher listening to this and you have employees or you need employees, like they are out there, they do exist. First of all, I, I just went on a rant about this on LinkedIn this morning posts on social media the amount of messages neil and i both get and it's a lot a, of them are overseas people but i there I get are a lot of americans too there there are a lot of people who want to work on farms yes there is or not like i bet i will get at least five a day you know like if i'm active on social media and you know a lot of weeks i am um 
I'll get five or six messages a day. I mean, well, half of them maybe from overseas, mm-hmm. but there'll be three or four from America, and they, they're not necessarily from Kentucky. They're just from, you know, the United States. They are an American citizen looking for farm jobs. And I'm lucky that I have, you know, my full-time positions are are secure. You know, I've got all the guys I need, and the I could still use part-time, but, I mean, I can't bring somebody from across the country for a part-time job, Yeah, you know. So uh, we fill part-time positions usually by... Uh, by friends of ours or word of mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but yeah, like if you're a farmer and rancher and you're in, a, in need of labor, yeah, get on social media. Get and, on social media and start following people like Neil or myself or the thousands of other Instagram farmers out there, and post like get get in contact. It's guys, it is so shockingly easy to get a hold of people you would never think you get a hold of. Like just shoot a message to literally anyone on social media. They could have a hundred thousand followers and they'll probably still like at least like or respond to your message. Cause I, I, I am not a big time Instagram by any means, but I get a lot of message that I do try to like, I make an effort to respond to, even if it's not right away, like in a week I might get to your message or something. I'm a busy person, but like there's such a network of people who, if you can't find someone directly post on your Instagram story, Hey, I need someone I need, I'm looking for a full-time farmhand, And I'm sure these people know someone they'll either message you or start reaching out to people. There's so much that you can do. And people want to do like, that's the thing is like the, there are kids who want to be in this industry and they will take a risk to do that. They will take a big risk to do that. Some it's hard for some businesses to find people because there are a lot of people who have made up their mind. I don't want to work in that industry or I don't want to do that for sure. There's enough people nowadays, I think, that are curious about agriculture that they would at least want to try their hand in it. So you got to be able to find them. You have to be able to pay them. You can't just it's 2023, right? 2023. You have to be willing to pay them a livable wage. Yeah. And. People don't know this. It is illegal to dock pay in the U.S. I know people in the farm and ranch industry who have histories of docking pay of their employees when they mess up. I would never want to work for anyone who... That would be pretty tough. Yeah. You know, like that, you know, like that's one of those things like... Yeah, I can't imagine like, uh, you know, Logan driving a semi all day and a tire blowing out on him. You know, that's a $500 tire. Yeah, and you're just like, all right, well, $500 out of your paycheck now because you weren't (laughs) looking for that tiny little nail on the road. It's like, like, you have to have a lot of grace with people who've never been in the industry. That's the other thing. It's like, be able to pay them at least competently. You don't have to pay them the most. Pay them competently, have grace when they mess up, and then give them some sort of career path. Say, hey, I, you know, you, you might never have a place where you're making a decent livable wage when you have a family, you know, like this might not be a forever job for the next few years. Like you have a job here and if things go well on the farm, maybe you have the opportunity to grow into a bigger position here. And then last of all, you know, it's not required, but if you have old farmhouses, I I told buddy of mine, this, if you have an old farmhouse, that's just sitting around, which you'd be shocked how many old farmhouses are. There's a lot. People want, they, they, I know people who do not rent houses that they own because it's so hard to find good renters in small town America because they'll probably do some sort of drugs or cook some sort of drugs in that house. <laughs> if you have a property, be willing to offer that as part of the compensation package because if it's just sitting around, a couple thousand dollars in drywall and repairs to make that like a slightly more livable place is nothing on a, on a typical farm's budget. You know, you can refurbish a house for what you spend on fuel during harvest. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a great point. Like 
if you have assets like that and you're looking for labor, I mean, what what a great tool to be able to find a good uh, labor on your farm, you know, because that is a, a need right now is uh, good, affordable housing, yeah. you know. So. And so many people have the property. And that's the other thing, too, is like if it was if, – if I, if I had a decent amount of land and I knew I had a well somewhere on my property and get electricity to it and I had people wanting to work for me, I'm like, yeah, I might buy – a mobile home. I might buy a cheap mobile home or trailer, plop it down. It's one of those things. It's not always the ideal. Obviously, a house would be nicer. It might not be the best investment. But finance-wise, you could totally swing that. And good farm labor, if you can get them to stick around, it's like it is an investment. And so you have to, we have to be thinking now way more than, the, oh, I just need an extra hand. I'm busy. You have to start thinking, is like I need to invest in an employee because I – cannot do this on my own for a long time and neil neil does a really good job of like actually investing his employees i know a lot of people who do just oh i need an extra hand or it's like oh they're only gonna be around they're gonna start yeah yeah you know this is where this is where i think people uh get it wrong with employees like are those employees that you have like are they just a warm body or are they providing you a service that is making that is providing uh, wealth to the farm through their knowledge, you know. So if you have an employee out there that's able to fix something that a John Deere tech could fix, you know, is that making you money? Is he a valuable asset to your farm? Yeah, super valuable. You know, one hundred seventy dollars cheaper an hour. Yeah, people asset. don't <laughs> people don't think about that, you know. And you you find guys, I think, you know, you find guys with those quality skill sets that have, uh, you know, either their a great semi-driver or they're a great welder or they're a great carpenter or a plumber or whatever, whatever you might need on the farm, find guys with those skill sets and be willing to pay them, uh, for that skill set, you know? And when you find that type of guy, um, that guy is going to make you money on the farm. He's not going to cost you money, you know? And that's how you, uh, can justify having employees is if, if that, employee is providing you a service that is actually uh if it's a savings uh or an efficiency you know in your business that employee your business should make more money because that employee is there even though it's costing you to pay him out of your pocket it should be returning dollars to your pocket through Mm -hmm. those valuable skills not to mention and i learned this a couple weeks ago uh stress people who are typically stressed especially about money or you know and money's not always a farm problem but there is a lot of stress in farming people who are stressed on average test 15 iq points lower on iq tests being that's a big thing for me is like i don't like at the end of the day the money always figures itself out at the end of the day is like managing my stress is just as much important if you can have less stress in your life that's going to help you make better and smarter decisions going forward so if you have a guy like blake like you've had it's like you know blake's going to go and he's going to seed all the cover crop and he's going to seed all the wheat for spring and he's probably going to do a good job with it and you yeah. don't really have to worry about it. so now you have that whole mental space that you would have had to think about if you weren't doing that yeah like blake you know like he's uh like i hadn't seen him hardly in two weeks <laughs> you know he's gone out to seed the wheat and the cover crop and all uh, I hear from him is if he has a major problem and it's not, hey, what do I do about this? It's, hey, I've already, this is what I've done, you know. Uh, I've, I've already contacted the mechanic. I've got the parts on the way, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, whatever problem he's encountered, he's already taken care of. 
I don't even have to worry about it. I just know my crop is successfully getting planted, you know, and I can focus on removing the crop that we have in the field currently out of the field. I can mm-hmm. focus on my job. He can focus on his. Mm-hmm. And uh, without people like that, it's it would I know just our farm could not be as successful as it is without the guys that we have on our team. Like mm-hmm. each guy has a skill set and multiple skill sets, and they're very valuable to us. And um, without them, our farm wouldn't be as successful as it is. We can only cover so many bases, Dad and I can, you know. Ultimately, you can only cover so many bases on your farm, and then uh, something is going to get left to the side. So if you have, uh, you know, a valuable laborer there that has that skill set to fill that void, that should put dollars back into your pocket. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why farm labor is so valuable. And so that's why also... So moving forward, if you want to get on a farm, I'm going to give you the same advice I gave people who need laborers. Get on social media, get on Instagram, TikTok, or whatever it may be. Start looking for accounts that you could follow that are farmers who might happen to need someone at some point. It's always a tool that you can just start using. It doesn't have to be your life, but it is a valuable tool. Next, if you actually just want to like find someone local, there's agriculture pretty much in every state, and I bet you if you drove an hour and a half in any direction where you live, the chances are you'll probably find someone who has some sort of agriculture presence and might need an extra hand. If you're in high school, hey, can I come, you know, do the most, can I come sweep your shop floor, or can I mow your grass, or hey, can you teach me to do this thing, and I can help you out with that. Like, there's a lot of guys out there who'd be like, actually, yeah, like, I do have some extra cash laying around. That would be helpful, because anyone if you want to be around long term people know like hey we're going to need more people to help with that so do that start learning those skills if you don't have them um if you want to be valuable like neil saying like go get your cdl you know it's pretty easy i don't say pretty it's pretty easy to get your truck driver's license you know you don't have to have one always for farms but it's really helpful to be able to like just have that truck driving experience you know go get your cdl go take a basic diesel mechanics class at your local college. Like there's, you, you don't even have to go through a whole program. You can just go take classes like that a lot of time, or you can audit classes for cheaper and just listen to those things, you know, or go to trade school, start learning some hands-on skills. Uh, the, the, the possibilities are endless. You just have to be willing to take that initiative in the first place to try it. Like the, there are, there are a lot of people who need labor and, the best way for you to get involved with that is just to start trying it out and try figuring out how to get there. So there are hiring boards out there um, for a few of them. Ag Hires is a big one. There's a couple Western ones for the Cowboys out there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, there, there are a lot of opportunities for you out there to get involved. You just have to take that step. So if you have a question, like if you're looking for a farm job, get on Instagram, follow us, follow other farmers go to school, drive around, look for farms, type in farm near you. And chances are you could find maybe some CSA farm or a local garden or something yeah, like you could start it, learning those skills. They're not hard to find. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, most of these farms now are, they're noticeable when you drive by them and almost every one of them is in need of labor. Yeah. So yeah, if you're willing to come out there and, you know, yeah, willing to, we're, we're in the age where they're not going to shoot you if you come on their no, private property. No, they're not. There's enough salesmen out there. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> they're constantly beating. Just make sure when you introduce yourself saying, I'm not here to sell you anything. That's what I always have to tell people. I'm here to work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, if if you just go out there, I think this is the case, especially with my dad, you know, he's one of those guys that like he has to see it to believe it, you know, so 
Um, he's going to be very skeptical of when you come out there. But if he sees that you're willing to try and learn and do, he, you know, he is fast to jump on and teach um, and and loves to see young people out. Uh, you know, like, he was so happy to have Christ. And, uh, you know, Christ, uh, he came off a, actually, message through social media, you know. And, uh, like, we are very skeptical because we get lots of that, you know, and uh, and a lot of times they don't pan out, but Christ was great, and my dad was just loved to have him out there, and Christ was so willing to learn and wanted to learn, and, and you know, I think a lot of the old guys like my dad are like that. They love to have people that are just interested in it so they can share their knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of older men out there that would be open to teaching. Yeah. Just give them a drop by and visit. Yeah. For all the crotchety old farmers I insulted on this podcast, um, <laughs> I know you're not all old and crotchety. Uh, I know there's plenty of people, you know, some people have bad days. You can ask my wife. I'm not in a good mood all the time. <laughs> I'm quite cranky actually a lot. I'm a very cranky person, but you know, I try to put on it. You know, I just at least try to be nice to people. I think farmers, got, especially old guys, are like, I don't <laughs> we get a bad rap. <laughs> You just don't care anymore. It's like, what are you? What are you gonna do? What do you just take my land? Like, you know, a lot of a lot of those old guys, they work by themselves a lot, you know, and they've been, uh, you know, they really don't have to please anybody but their wife and themselves. So, uh, you know, it can, they can be a little coarse, but they're actually most of these guys that I, I know, like farmers in my community, the old guys, they can come, uh, they can come off as a little, you know, off putting, but when you get to know them, they're vibrant personalities and mm-hmm. wonderful to know yeah just remember every old guy was once a young guy who used to laugh <laughs> yeah, a lot that's right. and he tore stuff up too yeah oh man <laughs> they never yeah all right we're gonna end it there thanks for listening guys um we'll be back in a few weeks um if you want a job um i'm currently still hiring a videographer as far as i'm concerned so uh yeah I, neil's not hiring right now but if you need if you need a job Go check out Ag Hires. It's my biggest recommendation. They've got a pretty good uh, nationwide presence. And just go find, just like, or go find a supporting company. That, oh man, you could go work for a co-op, or you could go work for a dealer, sure. and they'll actually train you, and they'll actually like give you a career path. And this crazy thing that I've heard is pretty trendy benefits <laughs> it, for sure. And you know, and I think you know, if you're just looking, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of farmers with accounts willing to share, uh, you know, a you know, like if you are a worker looking to work, message them and they're willing to share your uh, name around. Mm-hmm. So there's opportunity out there for people that uh, if if you're like, hey, I'm interested in coming to the farm. Yeah, I um, literally had a guy message me from France earlier who I've talked to before <laughs> um, who needs to do an internship for school. And so he's thought about going through John Deere, but he's also thought about finding a summer harvest crew that's sure. going through and trying to do an internship with a harvest crew. And so now I'm like, all right, well, I should at least give him some options. So now I know he's looking for a job. And at the very least, when I'm talking to other people in the industry, knowing like, Hey, there's a guy I know who wants an internship. Like, yeah, that's just something that's pretty easy for me to do. Cause yeah. I know I happen to know a guy who's interested in doing stuff like that. Right. You know? and it, it's just little stuff like that. Sure. And that there's thousands of people on Instagram. There is in the farm community. Thousands. There are so many farm Instagrammers out there. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It is. It's nuts. I mean, every it, farm has an Instagram. Well, I mean, we or a lot of them do. Tractors drive themselves now, so I yeah. mean, there's a lot of time to scroll. <laughs> there is scroll or watch movies. So. Can you even farm without Instagram? 
No, <laughs> I don't think so. All right, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Um, like, subscribe, yeah. share, read the review, do all those things. Yeah, like, share, subscribe. We appreciate the support. Yeah, so, yeah, keep following along. we got more coming. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.